Romans chapter 13. Let's start reading from verse 1. And as we read, we'll just pray along. Praise the Lord. Let's read 1, 2, 3, go. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Let's read it once again. Every person is to be, sub, to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Brethren, whether we like them or not, they are established by God. Amen? Shall we say it once again? Say the government in authority. Say those in authorities. They are established by God. Say it once again. Say those in authority. They are established by God. So let's thank God because he's a wise God and he has established in his wisdom those who are there. Thank him. Yes. <laughs> say, Lord, we thank you because in your wisdom... In your wisdom, the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. In your wisdom, you have established those in authority. In your wisdom. They did not get there because of their political party. They did not get there because they schemed. They did not get there because of a court judgment. They got there because God established them. Brethren, let's open our mouth and say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for those in authority. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't feel good to our flesh. But it's not about how we feel. We just explained that earlier. That's about what God sees. So God has said those in authority are established by him. And there's no how, you know, let's not be rational about this. Let's just believe what God has said, that indeed your word is true. And say, Lord, we thank you because you are wise. And in your wisdom, you show those who are there. Yes. In your wisdom, you, you show those who are there. In your wisdom. You are a wise God. You are a wise God. You are a wise God. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. If you've been criticizing before, said things against them before, just you can repent. You can repent. You've seen from scripture today that God placed them there. You can't repent. Therefore, pray and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let pressure not make me speak against those in authority. Let pressure not make me speak. Whether tribal pressure, whether environmental pressure, economic pressure, things are not working. Lord, I pray, help me. Help me. It's your help that I need. It's your help that I need. Like Pastor was saying on Saturday, that the people there, the people in, you know, the, in the wilderness, they had reasons to complain. They had reasons to complain. But to God, those reasons were not, you know, they were not, they didn't hold water. Let's pray. And say, Lord, irrespective of the reasons I have as an individual, you're praying for yourself now. So that we will not talk against God. Remember, it will affect your business, whether you like it or not. It will affect you in the land. Pray. And say, Lord, let pressure not make me open my mouth to speak against those you have placed in authority. Let pressure not make me open my mouth to speak against them. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Even when men are talking, and sometimes we are just moved to speak. Let me be moved to speak of your wisdom. Oh, that God knows what he's doing. That God knows what he's doing. Because God is wise. Lord, that is my prayer. 
let us pray for ourselves and say, Lord, irrespective of the evil that is in the land, like Enoch, help me to walk with you in the name of Jesus. Pray. Help me to walk with you. Help me. Strengthen me. Enoch walked with God for 300 years. 300 years. Pray. That will be your testimony that despite the evil in the land, you, are walk, you walked with God. Generations will come and they will reference you. Generations will come and they say, oh, despite the evil, that man walked with God. That woman walked with God. Your children would say, my father walked with God. My father walked with God. My mother walked with God. Let that be your prayer. And say, Lord, help me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. It will be said in your village, in your community, in your state, in this nation, that that man walked with God. The same way it was remarkable and it was written down concerning Enoch. That he walked with God for 300 years. It will be said of you in your office that that one pleased the Lord. It will be said of you in your environment that that one pleased God. Please pray, brethren. The Lord help me. Help me. And my life will be pleasing to you. Help me that I will be a lover of righteousness. Help me that my love for righteousness daily will increase. My love for righteousness daily will increase. Please pray for yourself. That my love for righteousness daily, daily will increase. The love for righteousness will increase. For my children, for my wife, for my husband. The love for righteousness daily will increase. Daily will increase. Pray that prayer for yourself. That I will continually love righteousness. I will love righteousness. I will not love iniquity. In the name of Jesus, I'm a lover of righteousness. I'm a lover of righteousness. I do the things that please the Lord. In the name of Jesus. When I err and the Lord shows me, I quickly ask for forgiveness. I quickly repent in the name of Jesus. Lord, that is our prayer. That will be known as men and women who walked with you. That will be known as men and women who served you. That our life will be referenced as, to, as men and women who pleased you in, the, in, in, the, in their days. That is our prayer. And we ask for strength to do that. And we ask for strength to do that. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless your name forever. We give you praise. We give you praise. We bless your name. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. I said in the name of Jesus, we have prayed. You have come today, and I believe God has a word for you for today. Yes, God has a word for you. Everyone, God knew you were coming. God knows the number of people that will come today, and he reserved the word for them. I'd like you to pray and say, Lord, that word that you have kept for me, send it to me this, this evening. That word that you have resolved, that you have reserved for me. The angels of the Lord are here to serve you. They are here to serve you. Just pray and say, Lord, send your word to me this evening. Give me the heart that understands. In the name of Jesus, pray that prayer. And say, Lord, give me that heart. The heart that understands. Give me the ears that hear. I will hear this evening and I will understand. The word that you, are, that you are sending my way this evening. My heart is open to receive it. Yes, my heart is open to receive it. Just send it to me. Correct me, rebuke me, encourage me. Set me on my feet by your word this evening. Send your servant to me this evening. Let your word come to me expressly. I receive understanding. I receive understanding this evening. As you send your words to me. Father, we give you praise forever. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Open your mouth and just thank him. Thank him because indeed he has heard you. He has heard your prayer for the nation. 
he has heard your prayer for yourself. And indeed, because he according to his will, he's granting them. Father, we bless you. Thank you, Lord, for what you do amongst your people this evening. We give you praise forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. If you believe it, turn to your neighbor and tell the person, the Lord indeed is good. Turn to somebody and say, do you recognize that? That the Lord is good. Turn to another person and say, the Lord indeed is good. Say, do you recognize it? Do you recognize it's the most high? Ask somebody, do you recognize that he is the most high? Father, we thank you. In your presence, we stand again today, ready to receive that is a drink, a new measure of your spirit. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. We drink understanding from your fountain. Amen. We drink wisdom, Lord, from your fountain. Amen. We drink insight from your fountain. Amen. Because we know you release these things freely to us, we declare as follows. Let's go. I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding that is your portion in a new measure today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Healing in every area is your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Before you sit down, please open your Bibles quickly. I want us to read a portion of the scriptures. First Samuel chapter 2. I just feel like reading that again today. First Samuel chapter 2. What is the story of Hannah? Hannah, of course, it's a song we are singing here. We are going to read. There was a man, Elkanah. Somebody said maybe he was a Levite, but located in Ephraim. Whatever. Elkanah married... Um, Anna, and for many years, Anna did not bear him any children. And then Elkanah married Penina, and for many years, Penina continued to bear him children. And she made the life of Anna miserable. We know the story. Anna went to pray. She cried from the bottom of her heart, and God answered her prayer. And she came and dedicated the son to the Lord as she had promised from the beginning. The reason she gave that promise is a whole story in itself. The reason why God led her through that pathway so that she will make that discovery and make the necessary correction in her life is a whole story in itself. And we must never forget it. God, in Anna's case, aligned her life for the purpose for which he created her. Everybody was born to bring something into this earth. That is what people don't understand. 
whether you are a man or a woman, you were born, you were created to bring something into the earth. The first thing you bring is a representation of the nature of God. I hope you're getting my point. That's the first thing. That is people, it's, you know the Bible says concerning God, that nobody has seen him, but the only begotten son has made him known. I don't know whether you got that revelation there. That is, nobody has seen God the Father, but Jesus had made him known. That is, Jesus had caused people to recognize him. Please follow it. Philip says, show us the Father. I say, are you, what is up with you? Are you all right? You have been with me all this while, and you are still making certain statements. That is, nobody who has come to know me should ever say, show us the Father. Do you get my point? That is, what do you want to see the Father for? It's not people who recognize him. If you say, okay, show me the president, you want to be sure that next time you see him, you know who the president is. That anything you want to see in the Father is well represented in me. First thing we bring into this earth is what? That image of God the Father, all right? Which, of course, is manifested in Christ Jesus. As we are reflecting Christ, we are reflecting the Father. That's the first thing, okay? Then number two is that in the midst of that, God uses us to bring different things of all kinds, you know, different things of all kinds into the earth. In Hannah's case, God wanted to use her to bring Samuel into the earth. The priesthood of Eli was ending. Replacement was to be prepared. And God, who sees the end from the beginning, was arranging things so that this boy would be ready when Eli, when Eli's sons will die and Eli will die that particular day. He was arranging things that a priest and prophet will arise in Israel. And the woman was there fighting Elkanah, fighting Penina. I hope you're getting my point. In life, God will push you to the place where you make the right statement. Somebody say amen. amen. It's important. You have to make the right statement. No matter what it is, God needs you to make the right statement. Don't ever forget it. Job, all the time he was suffering, everything he went through, it was so that he might make certain statements right or wrong. Satan wanted him to make the wrong ones. Sit down for a moment. You will stand up in a while. That's not because I love you so much. I wanted the cameras to catch what we are doing. I don't not love you. I, I love you. Get my point. It's not like I don't love you. I don't not love you, but uh, I just need the cameras because I see them feeling very bad. And with two big heads like this in front of them. These guys were like, uh, what is going on? <laughs> we'll stand in a moment. So like I was saying, you know, situations come up in life. God wants us to make the right statement. Like we're teaching um, on Saturday. There's what is called acceptable words. You must learn and you must pray that God will teach you acceptable words. Words that are acceptable in his sight. It's not just anything you, 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 you can say and you get away with it. It's not everything you say that has him, you know, gives it the, the result that you need. There are times people utter words and it's having the direct opposite of the effect that they wanted it to have. Do you understand my point? I remember a woman once said, uh, she harassed her husband. Until the man did something that she wanted him to do, like lose weight or something. And I looked at her and said, ah, thank God I was harassing you. I said, yeah, oh foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you? I said, maybe you didn't marry a real husband. All these men I know, the more you harass him about his weight, the more he gains weight. If you want him to stop gaining weight, stop talking about it. Or you go and meet him and kneel down and say, my husband, I loved you so much when you were very slim. I still love you more now as you are plentier. 
However, it's the desire of my soul. <laughs> you understand my point? I say, ha. Everything you can't, let me not go into marriage. When I get to marriage matters, people start drawing you. Pastor, stay there, stay there, stay there. I will not stay there. Let me preach my message. The Lord is good. Sometimes some people want to come. They want to go to God and ask for water. They need water. They are thirsty. So you know what they do? They start complaining. And then God destroys them. They could have gone to the same God, asked for the same water, and received it. If they have just come to him and said, Lord, before we talk about the thirst in this wilderness, let us thank you for the deliverance from Egypt. Let us thank you for the ten plagues with which you delivered us. Thank you for the redemption of our firstborns. Thank you because the time we faced the Red Sea, it was either drowned or be killed by the army of Pharaoh. Then suddenly you made a way in the midst of that sea and will pass through the middle of the sea as if it were on dry ground. For a moment we thought it was an accident. Then we looked and saw that Pharaoh and his army, they were trying to do the same, but they drowned. Thank you, Lord. I want to give you praise. You God that can do this kind of thing. Oh, my father, you did this one. Is it water that will be a problem? And you're not trying to psych him. You're telling the truth. That, Lord, the same power that you used to bring us out of Egypt and open the Red Sea, can you just take a small portion and cause rain to fall right here with our hands open? You know, you will drink water, you will think Enugu of yesterday happened again. <laughs> How many of you Enugu yesterday? Oh, my father. That rain fell as if to show people that Noah's story is not a lie. <laughs> but instead of going to God like that, what did they go to do? They went to Moses. Oh, boy, now so you call on deliverance. The kind of deliverance that we know. When you deliver people, they don't come out of fry pan into fire. Egypt was bad, we know, but at least there was water. Egypt was bad, we know, but look at this now. We don't even know whether your plan was to come and kill us here. And God saw such ungrateful hearts, and he wanted to destroy them. Moses had to intercede. I hope you're getting my point here. Acceptable words. You must be careful you use words that are appropriate. Many times people are using words with a desire in heart, in their hearts, but they are getting the exact opposite of the thing they came out to come and get. Those words hurt them instead of the words blessing them. Let's never forget them, that. So you find out. So you, something, all right, is being brought out of you. Job's case, his words were being watched out for. Now, I'm bringing out something here. So in all the circumstances of life, okay, Job's case, they were listening for what he was going to say. Hannah her circumstances in life pushed her to the right words. I hope you're getting my point. Her circumstances, different ways God arranged, pushed her until she uttered the right words. That's why that's I'm talking about acceptable words. Acceptable words are full of blessings. I hope you're getting my point. Take a, a woman like Abigail. There was a time her whole family was in trouble. Her husband, <laughs> Nabal. I've met a few Nabals in my life. Honestly, I've met a few Nabals. I've met a few Nabals that you look at them and said, no wonder God created hellfire. You know that? When people say there's no hell, I said there has to be hell. Some people have, they must go there. Ah, <laughs> uh-uh. That people like this guy shouldn't get away. <laughs> so you can imagine. You can imagine, therefore, what calamity was about to befall the, hand of Nab- uh, the household of Nabal. I'm talking about what? Acceptable words. 
acceptable words. Then Abigail heard the story. Abigail heard the story. And she picked her acceptable words and moved, packed food, everything to go and intercept David. What stopped David, all right, was the word, that is the words that she spoke. Acceptable words. There's a sign in there. There's a sign in there. Be careful what you say in the midst of trouble. You know what happened to Eli? They came to him. God, this is what he said he will do. What he will do, he will do, he will do, he will do. He said he is the Lord. Let him do what seems good in his sight. That was the answer he gave. I understand that he was overwhelmed. There's a reason, there's a possibly, that's my own theory, okay? Maybe he had been overwhelmed. That's what the Bible calls, when my heart is, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock. Sometimes you're overwhelmed. You don't even know what to say. At such times, let me just drop something for you. Don't say anything. If you must say something, say, oh God. Don't say more than that. Eli was overwhelmed, or whatever it is. The, all he said is, it is the Lord. <laughs> Let him do whatever seems good in his sight. I'm not aware the guy prayed. Have mercy upon me, according to your loving kindness. Nothing like that. He said, you are the Lord. If you want to kill everybody, can we fight you? Kill now. I've heard people say, a friend of my, one of my classmates. He said, hey, if it is here, we are going. Let's, so be it. I said, it's obvious you've never smelt it. Or you're living in denial. There are acceptable words. You have simply said, if what you are saying is true, may I find out the truth one day? Because I think God is afraid to send people to hell. No, he's not. He wouldn't enjoy it, but he would do it. In fact, he has already programmed. He doesn't have to do anything. Hell time, people, it sucks people in. People with the right magnetic pole. <laughs> we get sucked into the other end. We are talking about what? Acceptable words. All right. So, life squeezes people. That's the point I'm making. Life squeezes people. And God wants every situation in our lives to squeeze us into uttering the right words. Back to the story of Hannah. Hannah spoke the right words. And you know what? God works miracles. What did I say? God works miracles. You know, we've been talking about the Lord for some time. And I want to continue talking about him again today. I want us to understand that he's tr- truly a miracle-working God. What did I call him? That's not what I said. Though. I didn't even say it like that. I want you to say with conviction the type of conviction I used, which will reflect in the volume of your voice. Do you get my point? Now, what did I say about God? Yes, it's truly a miracle-working God. You know, those who have studied biology, they have tried to give us the impression that the birth of Jesus makes no sense. How can you tell me? Of course, I know a bit of biology. How can you tell me a woman conceived all by herself? <laughs> um, okay, I think it's... Yes, it's grill message. The man who said grill message was the Reverend Father. And he was a priest in training. Abdrushin. I don't know his real name. Once they start hearing funny names like that, David Elijah, they've changed their real names. Are you getting my point? Do you understand? You know, it's true. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> anyway, Abdrushin said, 
one of my um, colleagues those days, when we were in Lagos, he was a member. One day we were eating. He was trying to explain something. I will not express his blasphemy, okay? Lest I pollute your ears and your beards. It's not right. I should just say the kind of thing that he said, but I won't utter his words. He said that it's not possible for a woman to conceive and have a child all alone. That is against the order of life. And he now gave the theories for the birth of Jesus. And I looked at him and said, listen, except that God has mercy, he should born you too. Hellfire. Are you getting my point? But he's a very merciful God because you are following Abdrushin. Because Abdrushin did not understand that Jesus, that God is truly a miracle working God. If it is impossible for Mary to have conceived the way the Bible says it happened, then creation of Adam in the first place was also impossible. So let's just go the way of everybody else who don't believe in God. Let's go the way of everybody else, that all these things in this life came out of nothing. Like David Pawson says, and I said even before I David Pawson said it actually, that it takes more faith to believe there is no God than to believe there is God. Actually, it takes more foolishness, but let's, just take, take, let's call it faith. For you to believe that everything we can see, suddenly, boom, like my son, we say, the Big Bang. What is the Big Bang? Nothing, nowhere, no time, no reason, boom. And everything came into existence. If you can believe that, I'm sure you can believe that right now you have 17 legs and 8 tails and, in fact, you are a fish and cockroach combined. Yeah, if you can believe that, then you can believe that your father is a cockroach while your mother is an amphioxus. Most of you here don't even know what's amphioxus. If you can believe that, you should be able to believe that Buhari is from Mali. Is it Mali they said? Sudan. <laughs> if you can, be, then you should be able to believe anything. Just wake up in the morning, your car will just go away, and somebody says, Oh boy, you never had a car. You should believe it. If your car is burning and catching fire, you say, No, it's not my car that's burning, it's my neighbor's intestine that's on fire. Every stupid thing should make sense to you. You see, I've said a lot of things that are meaningless. Have you noticed? Your car is burning, it says, Your neighbor's intestine that's on fire. How else do you define madness? If you can believe, that everything we see came out of nothing, then honestly, you should be able to believe anything. Then you should just, everything should make sense to you. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If they say a man was going on the road and a bullet hole was found inside his heart and he died, you should say that bullet came of itself. A stone rose up, chained to steel, entered his chest. You shouldn't be able to prosecute a man that had a gun pointing in his direction and shooting him. Why? Anything is possible. You should be able to believe that a man who said, I planted yam, right now I'm harvesting tomato. You should believe that it makes a lot of sense. After all, those things are much more reasonable than believing that everything that we saw came out of nothing. That is why, I have, for me, it is so reasonable to be a Christian. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I'm talking as a scientist too. I'm talking about somebody, like, as somebody who went to school, who studied physics, chemistry, biology, art, math, math, geography, English, economics. That's our combination when science. That's how we used to call it, they don't, they don't call it these days like that. Okay, when we were in secondary school, that's what we did. Physics, chemistry, biology, art, math, math. No, they call it further math now. How it was called additional mathematics. I did all of this. 
And I went, I even did a year of HSC, higher school certificate, studying physics, chemistry, and biology. And I left, went to university. Studied physics, chemistry, botany, and zoology. Then I studied anatomy, physiology, and biochemistry. And I kept on reading. Then one day I got a bachelor's in medicine and a bachelor's in surgery. And then I became a pathologist, a fellow of the West African College of Physicians, specializing in morbid anatomy and histopathology. Bros, I have read small book. <laughs> I have. And this I have joined in publishing up to almost 40 scientific papers. I have read small book. I've been around academics. A number of people come here today, specialist doctors. They were my students. I have taught medicine. I have read. I have a colleague in the office. He loves physics, astronomy, and mathematics. He's a pathologist. Currently, he's doing a PGD in physics because he wants to do a master's and a PhD in physics. That's how much he loves it. I am the only person in the whole department he can hold a conversation with. Nobody else. Because he talks at a level, do you get my point? That nobody can relate with. If you see the kind of books he carries, there is no question in physics I have given him that he didn't give me an answer to. When they talk about the Higgs boson, when that man got the Nobel Prize for Higgs boson, I talked to him, I said, please, can you just explain to me what this Higgs boson is about? He sat me down and became, began to tell me about hadrons. And this, but after a while, I said, it's enough, don't worry. Don't bother. Don't forget that I asked. Forget that I asked. I told him, don't worry. Now, but you know the truth? I'm the only person he enjoys having conversations with. If he finds an interesting discussion, he will forward it to me. One day I told him, and he knows everything about mathematics. One day I told him about one film I watched. I was trying to remember about um, something about numbers. One Indian mathematician, he just told me Ramanujan. He doesn't have to think about it. He told me everything about Ramanujan, where he gets his inspiration from, what he knows, what Ramanujan does not know. I'm looking at him like this. Now, why am I telling you this? I can reason with him. I can understand things. Yet, having observed everything, having faith in God is much, 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 much more reasonable than somebody telling me there's no God. It is totally senseless. You need to be a stoop. That's my noun for stupid. Does it really exist? Those of you who know English, I don't know. You really need to be for it to make sense to you. And if creation makes sense, any other thing that the creator says makes sense. If he says that it's a, a, what do you call it, a fish swallowed Jonah, another three days he vomited this fish. He vomited the, the, the man, yes, Jonah. He vomited Jonah. It's unlikely it's infrequent. It rarely happens. But if the creator says it did, then it did. And like one man says, if he says it's Jonah that swallowed the fish, I will believe it too. Because with him, nothing shall be impossible. As a matter of fact, why? Because the person that could bring everything into existence by the power of his word, to tell a fish, go in there, swallow my guy, keep him for me, is the smallest of things. But if the person even said his own differently, he said that was not exactly how it even happened. That what really happened was that Jonah drowned, died, and his corpse hit the bottom of the ocean. And the Lord told the fish, go and keep that corpse for me. And the fish kept a dead man in his mouth for three days. And on the third day, God gave him life again. And Jonah became alive. And that was exactly what happened to Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that would be the, that's the only sign I will give this generation. As you know, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. 
Jesus was not alive in the grave. He was dead. The person insists that Jonah was dead. That the Jonah that came back is a Jonah that rose back to life again. This God with him, anything is possible. So that day with the man, they were telling me about the Jesus. Now, how could somebody have been born of, you know, a virgin, just you walk out for road, just conceive? The guy should tell us the truth. You know, there's something, one thing somebody said. There are lies that, let me like, the apostles and disciples would never have bothered to tell. Let me give you an example. Just to drop it, this, this was a person explaining something to us in his messages. He said one of the signs, was it a person of some other man trying to prove the resurrection of Jesus? He said it was a lie that no person trying to lie would tell that kind of a lie. He said in Israel, women didn't give evidence. So if you wanted to lie, why would you choose women to be the ones to witness his resurrection first? He said, then why do you tell a lie that could be disproved? Because all somebody needed to do was to find his body. How come nobody found it? I hope you're getting my point here. He gave a number of points. I'm bringing out something here. If you wanted to lie about where Jesus came from, why do you have to tell that kind of a lie? There are other things you could have said that will make more sense. That will be easier for people to believe. You were trying to make people believe, were you not? But this is how I reacted to it. How was Jesus born? I said, if a man comes to me. Now, first of all, the accounts we have in our Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts, they are authentic accounts. Now they look dated because they are long ago. But when it was happening for a few decades after, the men that witnessed, and they were not one, they were not two, they were hundreds of them. They bore independent witness of the things that they saw and they heard. I hope you get my point. And like somebody said, they have mild variations in, different people have said it actually, there are mild variations in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that is proof that they were telling the truth. That if everybody said exactly the same thing, they were lying. That independent observers will always say things differently. And that is why, let me drop one for you that will just excite you. <laughs> I'd like to drop it once in a while. That is why one man will say Jesus was crucified and two other people were brought and crucified with him. And that one said two were crucified, then Jesus was brought. And what is the truth? John told the truth. This is the truth. John said they were crucified with him others. Literally. Two on this side and on that side. Four men were crucified with Jesus, not two. That was why they broke the leg of one, broke the leg of the other. Then they came to Jesus. It was number three on a row. Never thought about that before. <laughs> like I said, I just dropped this once in a while. So that's why I say one Bible, I think it was John, Matthew that said two before. And then look, we say two after. Ah, so who do we believe? But one recorded what happened before he came. And that recorded what happened after he came. And only one man wrote down that they were crucified with him others. Two on this side. I'm giving you literal Greek. They were crucified with him others. Two on this side and on that side. When men in English wanted to lie, align it with Matthew and Luke and the other people, they said they were crucified with him two others. Go and check your Bible. The two in John is not, it's in italics. Which is John didn't write two. 
They just said others. They said two on this side and on that side. So that's why when he broke his leg, he was number three on the row of breaking of legs. Valid testimony. All the stories we heard about Jesus, very, very true. Very, very valid. My variations only prove the authenticity of the stories of the men who told them. When you hear he walked on water, it's not a lie, it's not imagination. He did. I know the truth. Men have done it since. Not even Christians. When they tell you he raised somebody from the dead, it's not a lie. And he raised Lazarus from the dead after four, four days of having been, which was English now, having been died. <laughs> he actually did that. It's not a joke. He really did that. He actually walked to the pool of Siloam with five porches full of sick people. Walked to one man and said, do you want to be made whole? Long story. Rise up. Take up your bed and walk. And the man rose up, took up his pallet and began to walk. And Jesus walked there. It really happened. He healed people with his word. The widow of nine, the son just died. In the morning, this was later in the day, they went to go and bury the young man. Called him back to life. Jairus' daughter just died like an hour or less before he came. Called her back to life. And Lazarus, which was the height of it, four days, he called him back to life. Now listen to me. Was he born of a virgin? Listen, if anybody does half of these things and told me he was pollinated, I will believe it. You hear what I said? I'm not talking about born of a woman now. Pollination. You say my father was passing by and he sneezed. And a droplet fell on flower. And I came out of the petals after three and a half weeks. And you raised Lazarus from the dead. Trust me, I will believe you. Trust me, I will believe you. I've reasoned about it very well. And one person that, look, nobody can say something is not possible. What, what is not possible? Do you know, <laughs> when Neil Bohr, those of you know physics, brought up his, if, you don't know enough physics, if you know enough physics, you know there is nothing we are saying in spiritual matters that don't make sense. Go and read about what is called quantum entanglement. You will know everything makes sense. I was watching the story the other day of Albert Einstein and the argument he used to have with Neil Bohr because he did not believe in the theory of quantum physics. Yet, as of today, they are trying to make what they call quantum computers. Albert Einstein did not believe in quantum physics because he said you are describing what he called spooky action from a distance. Because Niels Bohr and Co. said that if you create a particle and separate them, take one to London, take one to Nigeria, keep one in Nigeria. If one turns right, the other one will turn left at the same time. That they are entangled for life. And this has been shown to be true in laboratories. Because the theory of physics, Albert Einstein, he says the fastest thing that can move is light. Nothing beats the speed of light. Yet, for you to cause something in London, to affect something in Nigeria, in an instant, whatever influence that they are operating under is moving faster than the speed of light. So he rejected it. Those who know it, no physics, we hear what they call So he called it spooky, that is spiritual. Spooky action from a distance. 
with his rejection of it, it has, it's not an established theory in physics. Which means something can be this and that at the same time, and two of them are opposite. Very funny, funny things. And you tell me spiritual things are not real. If you can believe in quantum physics and you don't believe in God, you're of your father the devil. No, really. I'm telling you the truth. I hope I'm not convincing some people who wonder what are you talking about. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm very, look, I'm happy to be a believer because believing makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It is more reasonable than not believing. Was Jesus born of a virgin? Absolutely. How do you know? He said so. How do you know he said so? He chose trusted men to bear witness of the things that he said. I hope you are getting my point. You see where I'm going all of these things. So when he says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Believe it all. And he says, the only problem God has is unbelief. Because the way we have structured it, before it can come down to the earth to do anything, there has to be faith in the hearts of people. That's what I'm talking about. Once one man looked, God said, don't worry, I'll give you a sign. The clock had gone forward. You know that the clock that time was shadows. He said, don't worry, to move a certain number of steps backward. You know what it means? The earth rotated backwards. How could that have happened? It happened. The Bible says it happened. There was a time. <laughs> Joshua needed more light. And they didn't have generators. So he turned to the sun, said, don't set yet. And the sun stayed. According to the laws of physics, it's very hard to explain. Because everything you know in the universe is moving at a great speed. How did it break and not throw everybody on it off? That is the Lord's problem. You know, the Bible says it's able to do more than we can ask or imagine. Maybe because I read a bit of physics. You know, I like just to see what's going on out there. And I see many things men have imagined and they're telling me they are not possible. Yeah, they have imagined it. For example, they say nothing can move further than the speed of light. But at least as of now, physicists have imagined how it could be possible. That something will travel a great distance faster than the speed of light, which we know angels do. They, at least they already imagined it. He said it breaks the laws of physics. No, he said it doesn't. Because the same man who taught us the law that it can't go beyond the speed of light also taught us that what they call space can be twisted. That's why to twist something, you just jump across. That's difficult to explain. So that, do you get my point? It's like you are supposed to move around from here to here. They say you can't go faster than 10 kilometers a second. Okay, fine. I fold the thing like this. You jump and you cover this distance in less than half a second. Are <laughs> you getting my point? He said they have now imagined that it is possible. So when angels move from one end of the universe to another in a flash, you know, in an instant, physics, that according to the laws of physics, is actually possible because he said they need to know how to bend what they call space time. Being a Christian is so reasonable, I can't be anything else. Because at least everything begins to make sense. The God that I serve, with him, everything is what? Possible. Nobody should think he went to school. Come and come and confound me. I will tell you, you didn't go to enough school. If you went, you will have discovered faith. The school you went to is higher school certificate. And because he came from a village in Arundisogu, you just assumed <laughs> that that's all the knowledge there is. Have you ever had a story of one Yoruba man that went from 
his village to Lagos. He went to Marina and he saw high buildings. Ah, ah. He said, Oh, more. Nah. The guy will throw this one. He did throw something. He said, Lamedi at home cannot throw half of this. You know what he means to throw? Those days, you know, now you have masons, people who serve masons. They have men who throw mud. <laughs> so when you want to go high, so they've made the mud here. So one man is on top of the one they made yesterday, stacking the one for today. You know, they do it layer. If you go and see this layer by layer, just like you have blocks. So that one has to harden first before they can add to it. So the guy who's, instead of this one that will carry cement up and use machines, then one man is downstairs. He's rolling the mud and, <clears throat> and the guy up will catch it and tack it down. So that's how they build those two-story buildings. So when I get to this other floor, the, the biggest guy, the one that fling it, ha, ha, boom, then the guy will catch the mud. So the guy got to where he saw buildings of 15 floors. He said, who threw this one? <laughs> so if anybody comes and tells me scientific things don't make sense, I say, you didn't go to school well. You've come from your village where everything is thrown with hand. You don't, you've never seen cranes. You've never seen those things. Nobody can intimidate me with science. The power belongs to God. Listen, people of God, he raises the dead. He changes genes. He changes genes. I tell people all the time. They say early men. Early men were walking around naked. I say no. Sinful men walked naked. That is, when God had iniquity had torn them, they were tying leaf like Adam. The people that God blessed thousands of years ago, they built houses. Listen, there was a siege around Jerusalem so that nobody could go out or come in. Hezekiah dug a tunnel to bring water into the city. It existed today. Solomon used to stop, he said, he didn't like, I don't like the way this river is flowing. Solomon would change the course of the river. And my teacher in secondary school explained to me that Solomon had electricity. And I was like, oh, guys, is that possible? You are carrying this thing too far. Of course, that one I did not accept. Until many years later, I watched a story on archaeology. And from one of these deep sites, they brought out what could only have been an electric cell. A cylinder of copper with a lead rod inside. Inside a pot. If you did the smallest physics in your life, you would have known that was an electric cell or chemistry. You think that this world has always been listen. Those men walked with angels. You think Adam was just going around like that? Just say, hey, Eve, come and see this thing. You like a mango. No. <laughs> you think Adam was a fool? No. He was a baby in quotes, quite all right. But he was educated. Angels taught him out of this hill, you will dig copper. This is how to mine iron. The iron comes in an ore. This is how to make steel. You think steel is, was Andrew Carnegie and could forget it. Those men did things. Still now, the earth does not understand how pyramids were built. When I was reading something about the design of the pyramids, those who know geography, they know what they call the true north. That the pyramids were aligned to a certain degree to the true north. Missing the true north by something like 0 0.3 degrees. In case you think that's a small thing, the um, Greenwich Mean Time, you know, the, there was one observatory in, in Greenwich, they could only get it to 0 0.7 degrees. Egyptians of thousands of years ago did better than men with modern technology. 
What happened to them? Listen, I say it all the time, this life is spiritual. There's nothing physical in this life. Everything is spiritually determined. But what am I talking about? The power belongs to whom? To God. He still creates till today. He creates till today. When I read, you know, read biological science and all of that, I just read something, I just laugh. This is a lie. Let me, let me not stay in that direction. This has to be a lie. You are talking because you just assume this has came out of nothing. If you know the structure of DNA, you know it could not have come out of nothing. Men who didn't believe in God, who studied not biology, physics, they put it together and said, no, this is not possible. To come out of nothing, they say it's not possible. But they don't believe in God. Though. So where did they come from? They say it came from outer space. I said, it makes sense. The Lord is enthroned in the heavens. That's what the Bible says. It came from outer space. What am I going to say? Creation is still going on until today. So dead kidneys, new ones can grow. It's not a big deal with God. Did you get, did you get what I'm going to say? Doctors say he can't do anything. That's his problem. And I tell Christians, just go down, lie down before him, in front of him, and say, Lord, this is where he's paining me. Just take the words I have brought from the Spirit to you this evening. That is in your heart, just know, with God, everything is what? Possible. I heard the testimony of a man whose HIV was cured with baptism. Do you hear what I said? The Lord said, go and get washed. They dipped him in water, came out. The man who dipped him in water was like Jesus. He did not know who he was. That is Jesus and that man in the pool. They didn't know each other. He went there looking for, they said, baptism. The Holy Spirit told him, I need to cure you of something you don't even know about. You don't know what's going on. Then something made him go for a test, and he found it was HIV positive. A lot in a dream, don't worry, go for baptism. Told him the specific place to go. They dipped him in water somewhere in Lagos Island. He came out of the place cleansed. I, I believe it. So I say, how is it possible? That's your problem. I believe it. The God I said, <laughs> let me drop something for you. Do you know he has cured a lot of people? They never knew they were sick. That one, I have no doubt concerning. He has cured people that were not even aware they were sick. Listen, why I was talking about, yeah, none of why I was talking about people who said that early men were like this. Human genes went wrong one day. In the beginning, it was not so. And the genetic mutations that made troubles come upon the earth are not spontaneous. Jesus said, an enemy has done this. Genes don't go rogue for nothing. You may not know the cause, but it is a cause. Oh, by the way, the cause is not the witch in the village. Because anytime you talk about a cause, all those who are after you, I don't preach that rubbish preaching. The preacher I preach, which is the word of God, is that those who are after you, their arrows will enter their own hearts. That's what the Bible says. I don't need to be going after them. Do you get what I'm explaining? Let God say to them, it's, the Bible says the glory of God will be your rare reward. That word reward actually properly translated as rare God. You know why it says you'll be your rare God? That you don't need to know what's going on behind. 
Many of the preaching we preach, chase enemies, chase enemies. He said, let your prayer be your rear guard. Let your vigilance be your rear guard. The Bible says it's the glory of God that will be your rear guard. So if you don't like me, do you know what? It's your problem. I like one thing Kenegin said once I finished preaching, the man ran after him. Preacher, I want to talk to you. So he stopped. What is it? I want you to know I've been to four, maybe all your services. I don't like your preaching. I don't believe anything you have said. He's been coming for all the meetings, though. So Kenegi was looking at him like this. I want you to know I don't like you. I don't believe anything you say. Can you look at him and said, that's your problem, not mine. And he turned and continued walking. See, the man started laughing. I said, you know what, you are right. It's my problem. <laughs> yeah, the man confessed. Hey, it's my problem, apparently. Met a young man once. I went somewhere. He saw me. He said, yeah, Pastor Banky. I said, yes. He said, I listen to you on radio. I said, oh, that's nice. He said, I find myself disagree with you a lot of times. I said, that, I said, that's the way life is now. Nobody can agree with anybody all the time. And I continued what I was doing as he didn't say anything. The boy got the point. I think I came out of New Heaven to come and be arguing with you. Who are you? <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Treat your so-called enemies like that. There are people that don't want you to make progress. That's their problem. It's their problem. Right now, they are not sleeping. They are your enemies. Look, me, I'm look, I want to sleep right now. Do you understand my point? When I came down just now, I looked at my eyes in the mirror. Yeah. When I saw the color. So I said, no, Allah. I have to go and sleep. Listen, I'm not staying up to pray for anybody. That is any enemy. In fact, you know what? If you do, you know it's a sin. I hope you know that. You are likely to die quicker. I hope you know. Christians that play, pray against enemies and those who don't pray against enemies. The ones that die faster are the ones that pray against enemies. They are the ones that get sick, malaria, typhoid, hypertension. Oh, number one, hypertension, you know, glaucoma, back pain, osteoporosis, diabetes. Give me another one that kills them. Finally, they die from stroke. You know why? They spend all their time pursuing what? Enemies, yes. A friend of mine went to a church to go and pray. Pastor took a few hours praying for only him. I said, that pastor obviously does not have work. Yes, by the time one man comes to see you and you pray for like three, is, I like say, was it three hours he said or six hours? They were praying. I said, only you. What was the problem? The man said he wanted to deliver, do deliverance of all the road he passes through from here to Onitsha. <laughs> because the guy used to go and do business in Onitsha. So he went to the pastor, said she come for deliverance prayer. And this is your portion if you go for such prayer. Just listen to what will happen to you. So let me tell how they prayed for you that day. They prayed from Enugu to Night Mile. I'm not joking. That was like 30 minutes, 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Then from Night Mile to where? Oji River. Then they broke the power of the devil between Oji River and Oka. Oka to NYC camp. They were busy. From there to Tollgate. Then from Tollgate, they finally reached Upper Eweka. <laughs> So did the deliverance. Lasted like three hours. Whether it's three or six hours, one of the two, not less than three. Not less than three told me that day. When they finished the prayer, he said, Pastor Banky, let me not lie to you. He said, I felt sick. <laughs> he said, I was so sick, I thought I was going to die. I'm giving you his words. The man is a pastor today. 
He said, I was so sick, I thought I was going to die. That day I laughed. I said, my brother, Fela Anikula Kukuti is your prophet. <laughs> what do I mean? I said, Fela had prophesied. Trouble sleep. Young girl, go wake up. Wait in the day for Balava. You see what I'm saying? I said, trouble was sleeping. Your young guy went to wake him up. I said, God has gone to show you. Say you want your, the glory, your own glory, your power, your prayer to be your rear guard. He said, fight your battle. Let me see now. The demon said, thank you, Lord. They gave them the opportunity to beat a Christian. They beat the sons of Skiva him. They call sons of Skiva. Yeah, they did to him what they did to the sons of Skiva. They beat him very well. He said, bros, I thought, no, he told me, he said, I thought I was going to die. So next time you see deliverance prayer, keep away. As a portion of anybody listening to me, see going for deliverance prayer. You will think you are going to, don't worry, you will not die. But after that, you will believe me. You will know what David said. Before I was afflicted, I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I believe Pastor Banky. <laughs> Telling me the truth about the word of God. Forget your enemies. Nonsense. I'm sure people have, jam- people have jammed rock because of me. I'm not even aware. You know what? If I get too aware of too many things, I get too distracted from what I'm supposed to be doing. So long as everything has a cost, as I'm talking about, it's not about that. I mean sin in the atmosphere causes genes to derail. But there's what is called the power of resurrection. And that's my message. I said everything I was saying to let you know that spiritual power is, is scientific. It's scientific. It treats things. There's no disease God does not treat. And there's nothing he does not create anew. I hope you're getting my point. The one that, that was blind, that Jesus healed, that was born blind. There, there are different kinds of blindness. There are some who are born blind. If you remove the eyes, you wouldn't see anything, a lot of them, inside there. That was why Jesus said, let's create a new one. How did you make the first guy that day? The angel said, you took clay and formed every part of him from clay. He said, good, let's do it again. So he took clay and spat on the clay, made nice potty out of it, applied to his eyes. You know what he was doing? He was creating new eyes. But you know, the medicine had to soak in. Had to soak in. So he told the man, go to the pool of Siloam and go and wash. By the time you get there, the remnant clay that we don't need, you can wash it off. By that time, the new eyes will have been formed. It was a surgery. Just at this time, when it was, was, what kind of surgery was it? It was a quick walk in righteousness. It was genetic engineering. It was stem cell, I wanted to say. He planted the stem cells. In the right place, they grew and formed eyes. Normally, it takes quite a while, but in this case, it took about an hour. It's called a quick. It's a quick walk, cut short in righteousness. That's what God did. Made it quick. It was. It was scientific. It, I, if he could slow it down for us, if he could slow it down, you have seen the process. How the clays rearranged like the first time, and they formed the DNA, formed all the proteins around the DNA. Wrapped the nuclear membrane. They began to divide. Sense windows there and there. And they, they began to sense, where are we? They say, we're in the ice. Oh, oh, we form ice. Yeah, that's how it works. So, they are trying to do things like that today. It's pure science. Jesus did it. You know what? He's still doing it till now. Many diseases in human beings, you call them degenerations. Like Parkinson's disease, a part of the brain goes away. doesn't work anymore. 
So scientists are trying to say they can implant small fetal parts, parts of the human being, they can cause to grow again. Push it in there, let's see whether it will grow the things that are dead. Why am I telling this story? Because Jesus does it every day. And <laughs> say, so these people are very funny. Something I do every day, they say, I don't exist. I don't have power. Listen, there's nothing he doesn't kill. There's no missing parts he does not create. That's what I'm going to explain. He said, their problem? Oh, unbelief, 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 unbelief. Listen, let's, let's read that portion. No, we're supposed to read, right? I want to give a small preamble. I feel like talking about the Lord again. Nothing shall be impossible with him. You know, he stops bullets. Yeah, he does. There are bombs that don't go off simply because they say, what is wrong with you? That's not where the bomb is supposed to be. Say, no weapon that is formed against you shall do what? Prosper. You know, sometimes these biblical words, they are so biblical. You don't realize how real. What it means is that no gun fired in your direction shall go off. To prosper means to do means to do what you are supposed to do. So a prospering gun is one that fires without jamming. That's a gun that's prospered. A prospering bomb <laughs> is one that explodes as detonated and kills who it was targeted at. You know what he said? If it's targeted at you, it will not prosper. I hope you are getting my point. Let me say it to you again. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Amen. You must understand this one. They fashioned it directed against you. That is, it was custom made. If the custom made one will not work, what about the general one? It also will not work. Let me say to you again. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Amen. I feel like digressing again. We are going to read. Your food will not kill you in Jesus' name. Amen. Eat with thanksgiving. I ban you from today to be reading label up and down. You came from a poor village. You live on a poor street and you are checking cholesterol. Who gave you cholesterol first? See, Nigerians say they are calorie counters. Listen, I'm a counter of thanksgiving. I said I'm what? That's what I do. I give thanks. And nobody will toss me to and fro with every wind of doctrine. God has taught me something long ago. Every food I look out, that is, focus on for health, it hurts me. If you say be eating carrots, carrot is good for you, and I start chopping it anyhow, I will have diarrhea. And it won't be normal diarrhea, it will be yellow diarrhea that lasts for two weeks. That was, it hasn't happened before, but I won't let it happen because I learned my lesson. Now I eat carrot because it is good. So if you're drinking one bottle of carrot juice a day, they will not even be using you to make money. They started with forever living product. No, no. Golden. Ah, girls that came recently. I'm talking about girls that have been there for a long time. <laughs> so when I was in Lagos, it was GNLD. And they went to forever living, added Tianxi. Now they don't work out on that. They don't add long reach inside. I just look out of them. Say natural herbs. No wonder was a herbal is making money. <laughs> Everything they want to eat now, they have to tell you herbal something. Have you noticed? Herbal hair cream. Herbal nail polish. Herbal toothpaste. <laughs> Some people have gone to the market to buy herbal, herbal vegetables. They don't even realize that vegetables are <laughs> They have been so taken over by this herbal herbal thing. 
They were telling them that by this ugu is ever ugu. <laughs> they would tell no, it's better than the other one. You'd be looking at that. Ah, is it not a help in itself? You, some have glorified Chinese medicine. Adults drinking ginseng. Look at him, I'm <laughs> I will just laugh. Let me give you the word of God. Any food that's set before you, you said, do what? Receive it. Thanksgiving. That's it. Whatever is not inside, with thanksgiving in the heart, it will be created. Say amen. amen. Every poison will be neutralized. Amen. In your food, every poison will be neutralized. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The God that we serve, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is not tired of creating. Listen, he's still doing new things in your life. I speak to somebody today. Damage parts of your body that they say can never be healed. Receive healing now in Jesus' name. Amen. God does things new. You know the truth? He even has spare parts for human bodies. But doesn't even need the spare parts, really. He can create new parts. That story I told me, I sounded like a joke, but I meant it. Jesus took clay, put on his eyes to reenact the principle of creation. That if we made the body of the first man out of the earth, we can do it again. From the dust, God will create for you a new brain. Amen. The one that is stroke damaged, we will discard it and put a new one inside there. Amen. And you know what? That one will work better than the former one. Amen. That one was born after the flesh. This one is a miraculous birthing of a new brain. Amen. The problem we have, like I said, is unbelief. Let's read our Bibles. So Hannah, everything has been spoken against her, but God caused the circumstances of life to work in her favor. And I'm saying to you again today, all things are working together for your good. Amen. All things are working together for your good. Amen. No matter how bad they have been, in the midst of your adversity, you will discover the power of God. Amen. The Bible used to tell us that Abraham built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. Go and check it. Most of the times it's after a major event. Like somebody took his wife. And God delivered. Listen, Abimelech, powerful man. Pharaoh, powerful man. They took his wife and God delivered her without him doing anything about it physically. Then he'll go and build an altar and call upon the name of the Lord. There was an altar he built after Isaac you know, came back from the dead, as it were. That, that altar was called Jehovah. That place was named Jehovah Jireh. What I'm trying to say is that every experience allows him to discover the name of God, to discover the power of God. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, every trouble of your life that you have experienced, this is God's plan for it. In it, you will discover his glory. Amen. Say amen, please, oh. Anna had her troubles, but at the end of the day, she had her victory. And thousands of years later, I've not seen anybody name their daughter Penina. Any Penina in your neighborhood? If you know one, come and tell me. Come here, I've never seen Penina before. But I've seen all kinds of Hannahs. Some men almost call themselves Hannahs. I've seen Hannah men, uh, yes. Hannah Barbara. No, never have Hannah Barbara. You know of uh, what they call Tom and Jerry? Yeah, one of the men, Anna. Yes. That's a blessing upon the woman, Anna. 
Then Anna prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn, that's, I mean, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. We opened it earlier before I began to speak. Verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. He said, boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And with him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered. But the feeble guard on strength. Those who are full, that is rich, having plenty. Now they hire themselves out for food, for bread. But those who were hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven. But he who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low, he also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. To make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he sets the world on them. He keeps the feet of his godly ones. But the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. He will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and will exalt the horn of his anointed. Just to read that last portion then. Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now we've just read this portion to see what a woman discovered in the midst that is as a result of God's glory showing up in the midst of her troubles. They're showing to us again that there is none like the Lord. There is nothing anyone can boast of. Do you understand? But that is that he has as power that can sustain him. And most importantly, those who are feeble, verse 4, he said, the feeble get on strength. Have you ever heard the meaning of this expression before? Those that wait, of the, wait on the Lord will renew their strength. The way most Christians interpret it is this, that you will fast and pray. Praying is good, Amen. Fasting is good, amen? amen? Christian fasting, I don't mean hunger strike. Christian fasting is good, amen? amen? Yeah, it is good. Somebody should wait on the Lord. Take time out to focus on Him. It's good. But that was not what the Bible was calling waiting on the Lord. When it says those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, what it was saying is this. Everything one wants to do in life, he has a source of power that he wants to do it through. I hope you're getting my point here. He has a source of power. It can be, I need money, the banks are with me, my father is rich, I have savings. Savings is the source of power. Are you getting my point? That's what they mean. That's strength. I, I, I have experience within the bank. That's strength. My father is rich. That is strength. I, you know, I know how to take advantage of the stock market. That is strength. Okay? But when it says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, what it means is that the time will come 
the wealth of your family will fail you. A time will come your knowledge will fail you. A time will come the banks will disappoint you when you need them the most. A time will come that many things that you depend on will fail. But those who depend on God, literally that word wait, I read the man, he analyzed it, Greek scholar. He said it is taken from the word that's used to make thread. That is, when you want to make, if you take a piece of thread, you understand? If, if you check it, it has many fibers in it, you can tease them apart. That to make a, a strong one, you keep winding one on top of another. Like the Bible said, a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. That's how you make strong ropes. So you want to make a rope. You say you keep on winding small threads, they become thicker and thicker. So that, that's the meaning of the word weight. That that weight, what the Bible was saying is this. How, where do you get strength from? That's what they were saying. That those who wait upon the Lord, that is those who derive their strength by weaving themselves with the Almighty. I hope you're getting my point. They are the ones that renew their strength. What does that mean? Anytime, you can ask my wife, we have this discussion a lot of times. Anything you, th- you know, that is like maybe, ah, this thing works very well, let's do it again. I say, ah, I know God, it will fail next time. <laughs> yeah, that's how he does it with me. It will fail next time. Because what is happening is that you are now thinking the source of strength is that thing that he used to bless you today. And God is jealous. You know what they call jealous? Yeah, jealous. Oh, God is jealous. I'm not the one that called him jealous. So. You know who called him jealous? He called himself. If you ever look at anything as if that is where strength comes from, that thing will fail. That thing will fail. That thing will fail. I've learned something. Before I do anything, I go and find <laughs> the things I know how to do, like what it looks like I know how to do. Let me give an example. Time to travel. Hmm? There are things that you don't hear from my mouth. The roads are dangerous. Flying is safe. You know, if I say it, I know how God will react. The roads are dangerous. Flying is safe. God will say, ah, okay. That's where you like it. And when he loves you so much, he will put a lot of people in jeopardy because of you. You know Job? Many people died just because of Job. And they said they were working for Job. What do I mean? You will take flight one day. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the plane, no. But you are the one inside. Two angels will just go. They will all lock the tire. Pilot will try to land. Undercarriage won't come out. Then he will circle and circle and circle. Then when fuel finishes, because the flight engineer is there trying to make sure things work, after a while, fuel will come finish. The pilot will now announce to you that we have to belly this thing, guys. That we have to land on the belly. You're like, ah, pilot, planes are safe. Oh. This is not a car. Now why are we having trouble? What did they worry you? What do you want me to do? They now start praying. Father, in the name of God. By that time, you know what the airports would have done? They would have gone to collect all the fire trucks. <laughs> That's what they do. They line the wrong way waiting for you to land. They, when you look out of the window, you go, they see, ping, ping, ping. <laughs> it's angels playing with you. <laughs> angels are using you to play. <laughs> when you see, in fact, one of our sisters said, well, that this, this is not a joke that the pilot just told them something. You know, pilot just tried to sound calm. He said, when they landed, that when she saw fire trucks, ah, what happened? <laughs> That's what God does. Jesus. So you, don't, you will see fire trucks like this. Eh? But then you'll be praying, in the name of Jesus. I'm like Mount Zion. I cannot be moved. In the name of Jesus. As the mountains around Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. 
No even shall you prosper. You will quote all kind of scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd. When Christ Jesus have redemption, you will quote scriptures that apply and the ones that don't apply. You will quote everything, no? He said, Behold, it is I, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. You will quote all kinds of scriptures. <laughs> you know what happened? The angels are laughing. Finally, as the pilot wants to make an approach for landing on his belly, you hear, mm, 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 as the entire carriage come out, everybody calm down, the, the tires are working now. You not land normally. And so they tell you, eh, 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 flying is safe. Say, warn yourself. That's you start declaring, safety is of the Lord. Safety is of the Lord. Last time I had to travel, I check and check out. Me and, you know, Emeka here, we discussed and discussed. Finally, I said, look, I'm going by road, Joe. He said, eh, go by road. I said, what would you want me to do? I don't want to miss my flight out of the country. So be sure everything arrives. I went and paid for Siena, sat inside. Reached Lagos. And I came back the same way. That's when it dawned on me that I had not been on that road in six years. And the last time I took the road was for the same purpose, not to miss an international flight by around 10 p.m. at night. One of my friends said, you like road before? I said, I like road. I'm just not afraid. Not because I'm not afraid, though. See this flesh? They fear like normal. But I just make up my mind. I will not take any action based on fear. I reasoned about it. I said, Bank, if you're not afraid, how will you do this journey? Everything put together. You will go by this road. I said, yeah, by road we shall go. I'm telling you. That's when it dawned on me that I had not been on Lagos Road in six years straight. I said, wow. When I was driving, I said, wow, this is part of Nigeria. I've not been there. And I've been to Lagos a lot of times. We had to use the road. We use the board. Okay, thank God. You now, they now close the airport. What do you now want me to do? So, remember, you know when they are abusing government? You know they, they are abusing is their fear that's talking. Yeah. What's wrong with this government? Why can't they bring wrong way that was made in heaven? You know, they went and used the one made by human beings. That's why it is failing. You will abuse government from now to tomorrow. Abuse them all you want. You will still praise them by December. Just watch it. But you know why they are talking like that? They are afraid. They are afraid. They are afraid. Like I said, there are statements I must, that is, I can't make them. Air is safe. Road is dangerous. Because anytime I'm not with you, there is danger. But if I'm with you, Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, there are times, eh? You know, there are things I do, personally. I just take encouragement from my friends. A man like Pastor Courage. And he, he said, one day he called me, he said, they are planning to have a minister's conference in Meduguri. In my mind, I said, ah, Baki, you know you are going to Meduguri. My man, this man, why will you do this to me? But of course, he doesn't think about it, so... I'm going to have the conference made you great. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? I can never refuse to follow him to anywhere. Do you know why? He goes there. There are things you do. You are making statements to undermine the faith of your friends. You don't get my point. If Pastor Corey invites me to Sokot and I say I can't go because I'm afraid, do you know what I'm telling him? I don't know whether you are catch, catching it. Last time there was one big crisis. Around the time they arrested the Nam the Khan, they were not arresting Nam the Khan that time before he disappeared. My mother called me because in the Islam they can and that is Eastern Nigeria. I answered, No, it's my sister that called actually. Ah, Pastor, I said, How far? How are you? I'm fine. And of my sister sent a message. I just knew what to. when two sisters send a message about how you are at a time, only one person is responsible your mother. <laughs> I knew it was my mother. I don't know whether I spoke with her or I spoke with one of my sisters. Later, I told my mother, 
I said, you, you, you are afraid. I said, if, if it's prayer, better continue praying it. I said, because the day you guys were checking on me, I was in my hotel room in Sokoto. You were trying to check how I'm doing in Enugu. I was in my hotel room in Sokoto. I laid down that day. Pinnacle guest, I just had just a smile. Say, if these people have an idea. <laughs> if they have an idea. Where I am right now? Hey, God. The day I told my mother, I said, Mom, that day, boy. I said, I was. He said, Yeah. I said, Boy, it has passed. I still shouting. <laughs> it has passed. I still shouting. One day I told my wife, Call your mother in law. We plotted what she would say. She called, Mommy, how now? Ah. He said, Ah, hey, my husband. He said, Now this son, will you born be that? He is always traveling. He came back from Kaduna last week. He's going to Port Harcourt next week. After that, I heard they have a conference. I said, Describe everything. My mother was like, eh? He said, yes, so. That's how he goes up and down. No? Hmm. Just be praying for him. But there's no need to worry. God will take care of him. She atomized for her all the places I have gone and where I will soon go. So that she can worry in one minute. Just do all the worrying now. <laughs> After that, listen to me. Don't think I always feel very, very confident. No, just that. That's what faith is. There are times I just look. Ah, last night, Israel and I were going to Kaduna. That was when kidnapped, you know. I said, what will I now do now? Will I now refuse to go? They said, go and go by train. I wanted to go by train. They were going to take a, we were going to go by train. Except that the train was going to arrive 5 p.m. The program was starting, starting by 5. When will you leave the train station? I, I, the, ta- the taxi man took us from the airport. I said, oh boy, face Kaduna. The taxi man is a Muslim. He's not afraid. Me, I will not be the one that's afraid. I beg, let's go. My mother-in-law calls. Hey, hey, waka, waka. You have, you have gone to Kaduna again. Please, oh, take the train. I say, mommy, no problem. When I reach back, back to Enugu, how are you? I'm fine. You're back in Enugu very, very well. Ah, you come back? Yes. I told her, I said, mommy, do you know who I take and resemble? This waka, waka, let me leave it there. She knew what I was talking about. My mother said, I said, will I sit down and not move? So Kaduna, we have a program. I want to go. Because one man wants to kidnap me, God punish kidnapper. I'm going my way. <laughs> it's true now. What am I trying to say? Safety is of the Lord. Though. I will not let fear. He said, those that wait upon the Lord, that's what it means. An aeroplane cannot keep me. People have died in aeroplanes before. And you know a number. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, you know some of them. There's no, listen. God is your keeper. Did you hear what I said? Yes, he's the keeper of our lives. And like I said before, death is not an accident. There's no experience in the life of a believer that's an accident, actually. There's none. There is none. There is none. Life is always trying to take glory from our God. But we must return the glory to him in our lives. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Anna said it to us here. The bows of the mighty are shattered. What people rested on have, have failed them. The things that they rested on, they have failed them. He said, those who were, no, they were rich. Verse 5. Those who were rich, who had plenty, money failed them. Now they hired themselves out to get food to eat. He said, but those who were hungry, you know what happened? They have ceased to hunger. 
He said, even the person they called barren now has given birth to seven. Listen, God is a miracle-working God. With him, nothing is impossible. He's the original genetic engineer. He's a creator. That's how our fit. He creates things. He heals bodies. He defends people. He restores people. He's a giver of strength. He's a giver of fruitfulness. He's the one that makes us fruitful in life. It's not the circumstance of our life. It is God. Let's just worship him for a moment. Let's just worship him in our own ways. Each person just say, Lord, I recognize. As I was speaking, I know the Lord was speaking to somebody. The Lord was speaking to somebody. The Lord was speaking to somebody. There's a portion in your life where you need to recognize him again. There is a portion in your life where you need to recognize him again. See, from the rising of the sun, the Bible says, to the setting thereof, the name of the Lord will be praised. In my life, the name of the Lord will be praised. In my circumstances, the, the name of the Lord will be praised. There is none like our God. Let's open Psalm 113, everybody. Let's quickly read it. Let's just read that. We'll close with it. Psalm 113. Are we ready? I will read verse 1, you read verse 2, and then we'll read like that until we end it in verse 9. We'll read in verse 9 together, all of us. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 2. From this time forth and forever. Verse 3. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Verse 4. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and leaves the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, the princes of his people. Let me read verse 7 again. He raises the poor from the dust and leaves the needy from the ash heap. Verse 8. To make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. Let's read verse 9 together. He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Let's give him praise this evening as we close. Say, Father, we praise you. For your mighty power in our midst. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Just utter those words again to him. Lord, we praise you for who you are. Your praise will sound from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. Lord, your glory is above all nations. There is none like you, our God, who is enthroned on high. There is none like you. You raise the poor from the dust and you lift the needy up from where they are downtrodden in the ash heap. You make them sit as princes, with the princes of your people. You are the one that makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. According to Anna, you made her give birth to seven. We give you praise. We worship you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good.
So let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, can you quickly bless the people around you? Say, this is your season. Two more people. Just bless somebody. Say, this is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, cheer up, brethren. God bless you.